Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is the Ocean Protect podcast, talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. It's easy to be, I guess, disconnected from the issue, isn't it? If you get the opportunity to go to Lord Howe Island, which you have, I haven't, you see it firsthand and you, and you just become more, I guess, sort of motivated to actually do something about it. And dare I say, it gives you a little bit more motivation to swim literally 30 kilometres around Lord Howe Island, really. Yeah, yeah you're right what you say, um, Brad, about the disconnect too. Because, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in here in my office overlooking the Brisbane River mm. up at North Quay and you get bogged down into your work and you, you and it's only because of, I think, my involvement in swimming and listening to a program that mm. I'm aware of it. But education is definitely the key. I mean, I've got three children, sort of 23, 21, and 11-year-old girl, and they're quite engaged now and have a really good understanding. And, you know, young Angie, the 11-year-old, she's taking to school and driving the plastic issue from, from that perspective. And we, we, we've changed we've changed the way that we operate at home with our involvement, you know, with your compost. Always used to have a compost, but now we've sort of re-engaged mm. with that and you, you know, bamboo where you can and reuse cups. So it's just little things, but if you, I think if everyone's getting on board, it's great. And, and look, you had so many fantastic guests uh, on your podcast and the, the, the Take Three one sort of resonates. Yeah, Tim Silverwood, yeah. Yeah, Tim and that, that – kind of resonates with us as well because we're, we've got a place down in Corumba mm. on the beach and, and we've been going there for 20 years but probably we're, we're acutely aware now of the rubbish that's around so we always make sure it's take three but tragically uh, sometimes it's take 20 or take 50. Yeah, but but certainly when you do that taking, like taking the, the, the message from take three is, you know, if you go to a public space, you know, you take three pieces of rubbish or more if you can and by doing so you've made a change. Yeah. And that is a very effective and empowering thing to do. And great for the kids too, going through the uh, generations there. But certainly we, we do, as, as we both know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would who have listened to the podcast episodes with the Adrift Lab team, and I, we've had Lillian Stewart, Jennifer Lavers, and Megan Grant on our show. And look, they do amazing work with very little funding. Like it almost seems like nothing. And I think every little bit of, I guess, money or funding that, that, that they can sort of scrounge together, we know is going to be really effectively utilised. And I guess that's sort of what you've essentially tried to do as part of the swim. You've 
you've basically nominated Adrift Lab as the receiver of the funds you're trying to raise. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I think today we've got about 15,000 and it was a fairly short time to put it together too. So there's a few more events and opportunities coming up as well that will continue to grow on that. One of the other squads has got a lunch function. I'm going to talk out a couple hundred people. So be more people mm. donating there as well. So continue with that and the, the good work they do. But I'll tell you what, that Lord Howe Island, Brad, yeah. you've got to get to it. It's the most uh, breathtaking, extraordinary place. M- most enjoyable swim I've ever done. And I've done, a, I've done one or two. <laughs> <laughs> and even, even, even my family said that was the most enjoyable swim that uh, ever participated in. But And we didn't know uh, how it was going to pan out because it's never been done before. <laughs> I'm keen to talk about this because I, I, I knew, obviously, because we did the squad session, I think the day that you were due to do the swim, and I get home, you know, drinking one of my – famous smoothies, which I'm sure you'll have to have one day, uh, Linton, but I checked the news report and there was a tsunami warning for Lord Howe Island. And I was just like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> As a lot of us would be buddies say, there's, there's always something <laughs> happening on, on my swims. <laughs> yeah, so the, the day I was meant to do the, the swim, which was a Wednesday, was, as you say, a, a tsunami warning. We, we weren't going anyway because the, 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 the weather conditions were, were not favourable and it was howling. But I think it was only within, yeah, within 36 hours before the swim, we decided to go clockwise rather than oh. counterclockwise, which was the original plan. And that was just sort of talking with the locals as well. I love these sorts of ones that just sort of seem to come together by the, you know, mm, flying mm, by the seat mm. of your pants on the go. And my, my paddler was a local, unfortunately had to pull out. So he had to go back to the mainland. And my replacement paddler, I think within 36 hours, he had to pull out uh, as well. And then we're walking through a, a park to the beach and recognise this bloke. And I yell out, G'day, Trevor. And he goes, Oh, Linton. Anyway, so it's Trevor Hendy. <laughs> Trevor Hendy, who's a superstar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably one of you know, Australia's greatest Ironman. There's a few others in there with Kyle Hurst and the like and the, the recent boys, but Trevor's was, was my era and, and, and certainly the greatest. Pretty handy paddler, I would have thought. I think the word that he, he liked to use was serendipity. It was just uh, serendipitous that. It all came together like it did, and probably you know for the cause. So uh, I said, "Mate, look, I'm." He, he knew I saw you on the island. We've been in contact about it previously, and then, and he just said, "Oh, we ran through it, and we're going counterclockwise." And then he had another mate of his, Michael Bannister, an Iron Man from down mm. Cronulla Way. And anyway, long and short of it is, Banno paddled around the island and all swam part of it with me pretty much the whole way and Trevor was out there for, you know, two-thirds and Jack Schick, who was my pilot, a local legend on the island with Cedar Summit tours, he now knows the island like the back of his hand and the currents and so he was invaluable getting us around. There's a few tricky parts to get through, a couple of uh, deja vus where you're swimming on the same spot for a while, punching around a few corners uh, and the currents. But we got down to a place called the name World's End, <laughs> which is <laughs> down the deep water where you're looking up to Mount Gow, which is, you know, 875 metres. So from the water, looking up there was uh, and seeing all the birds that, uh, flying around. But then we, we started getting a few sharks. They started building in numbers on every feed, and we started out with one. 
nice and low. And I knew there was sort of Galapagos sharks, Galapagos whalers were there, the most popular. And also February is sort of their tiger shark season. So I decided to make it a, it was a Valentine's <laughs> Day swimming on the 14th of uh, February. So I shouted my wife and boat crews to come around with me and support me. <laughs> Whilst you swim with tiger sharks, pathetic kilometers. Yeah, well, well, there was one fee where Jack said, oh, that's where we saw the four-metre tiger the other day. And I said, well, thanks for that. The uh, Galapagos was, was certainly out. And I think by about the fourth fourth or fifth feed, they counted up to about a dozen or so circling underneath me. And you've got this crystal clear mm. blue azure water. So you could see them, you know, perfectly. And then one of the one out of the pack just came literally oh, no. straight up at me and he, he popped his head out about uh, 10 feet away just to say hello and give us a wink. And he went back went back down and then prior to that Jack had said to me, he said, Oh just you know, they're probably just being inquisitive, but let me know if they're being more than inquisitive and I said, mate, I think you can say they're being a little bit more than inquisitive oh. now. <laughs> when one popped out. You see, it's it's quite interesting too, is they the, the their body, the fins dropped a bit and they became sort of a bit more darty around a bit more, bit, bit more scatty than they were just cruising. So at that stage, I decided, well, we'll put the shark repellent in the water, which is like a essentially like a like a, um, a battery operated whip, and it emits an electronic pulse. It's only got about a two meter radius, and it's meant to interfere a little bit with their own electronics on their noses. So, bit 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 like the electronic electric wires on the mm, cow fence, mm. give it give it a tap, and it sort of jumps back. But that seemed to work, and they they dropped down about. 10 feet. And, and sorry, I, I'm not familiar with Galapagos sharks. Are they they're gonna, they could have a nibble at you? Yeah, look, in fact, after one of the Hawaiian swims, Hawaiian channel swims we did, we uh, went free diving with uh, a scientific group who took us out. We're going to look at tigers and, and Galapagos sharks. We only saw Galapagos sharks mm. that day. Similar sort of scenario, but yeah, they said, look, you know, you've got to keep an eye on them. Fortunately, in Lord Howe, they're pretty well they're pretty well fed, so you'd be unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> Still, the risk is there, isn't it, really? I always say I've never met a shark I didn't like. The other one, too, of course, is sharks won't attack lawyers as a matter of professional courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we should explain the logistics for people. Like, you've touched on a little bit. So you've got, a, I guess, a boat next to you with your what we call a pilot, which is basically steering, I guess, and you're sort of swimming, sort of trying to keep that sort of, I guess, near you so you know really where you're going, which direction should – and there's obviously the pilot who's steering the boat, then you've got a, a crew in the boat sort of, you know, Throwing you bottles of water and 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 feed on a rope, I guess, and you can. How does it all like? I'm just trying to explain the logistics here. Well, well, I guess using the Lord Howe. So, if you're not familiar with Lord Howe, we're about 750 kilometres southeast of uh, Brisbane. If you draw a triangle from mm. uh, Sydney and Brisbane and stick it out about 750 k's, that's where it'll be, north of uh, the, the North Island, New Zealand, as well, in between. So, the Tasman Sea, and and on all of these swims, it's it's a requirement that you have a, a boat with a uh, pilot captain and they're in charge of determining you know whether the swim continues or not they have the ultimate say try and get someone who's fairly experienced who, who knows the island in this case Jack Schick you know like the back of his hand and, and mm-hmm. knows the currents and then also the, the support crew I mean I've just been incredibly blessed and lucky that on all of my swims I've had either all of my family on board or the majority of them on board. So I'm very fortunate in that respect. And I've, I've been very fortunate 
also and having some incredible support paddlers over the years as, as on this one as well. Mm. And I, I've got to say too, the, the locals on Lord Howe were just extraordinary uh, in their support. You know, they, those that running businesses coming out and paddling out and supporting and cheering and being there at the end. And you know, they're appreciative, of course, of the, the cause that's been supported. But, yeah, uh, the crew's, crew's critical. You swim beside your paddler. I, I, I say your paddler is your your eyes and ears. I mean, you're, you're, you're mm. looking down and, and uh, you, I take a line off the paddler. So, for instance, mm. on Molokai, your, your boat can be 500 metres to a kilometre ahead, assessing mm. the currents. Uh, and your paddler keeps the line. It was probably similar on the Lord Howe Island. Sometimes we had to get in very close to the to the sheer cliff face, especially on the east coast because of the currents. Mm. And other times you'd be a couple of hundred meters offshore, swinging around the island. But yeah, no, the, it's it's such a it's such a team mm. uh, a team effort. So the the the, the paddler's my, my my guide dog. Yeah. And it's quite an intimate relationship because you're basically looking at this paddler the whole time, really. Like you're breathing to one side and you're sort of, you know, looking at them every second stroke essentially and they're guiding you and you're almost completely reliant on them. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, it is. It is, and and also, you know, you, you, I, I feed every forty minutes. When I say feed, it's uh, <laughs> generally a, a horrible electrolyte mix of some sort, or a goo gel, or. But I, 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 I must confess, in recent years, I've sort of introduced solids into it, and Jack grows the best rock melons in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was eating uh, a fair bit of that. I think I think the strangest feed I've ever had was, or the most enjoyable was. Um, it won't sit well with you, Brad. Sorry, but I had a meat pie on the cook cook straight with uh, sauce, meat pie and sauce on the cook straight. So, <laughs> but in all seriousness, there's actually obviously you need to get calories in. Like you are burning calories, and one of the things about swimming is that you can't really chew that much, and you're so obviously a lot, a lot of calorie intake is fluid. But at the same time, you get a bit of flavour saturation as well. So. Yeah, and you were out there for a very, very long time, you know, 14 hours or there sometimes. So you, you need to sort of, I guess, mix it up and invariably I have to take some real food essentially in. Oh, that's right. Um, and, yeah, the banana or whatever it was. Mm. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're about 12 and a half hours out there on, on this swim, but I think I did a fair bit of sightseeing as well, sort of playing back some of the drone footage of diving under and mm. <laughs> having, a look at the, having a look at the sharks or the or, or, or the other wildlife or I think one time I was just stopped looking up at Mount Gower and 
Travis is sort of pal up and said, just taking it in, mate. Yeah. I said, yeah, I am. I mean, how, how, how good is this? I'll, I'll include a link to the YouTube video that is available of this swim. But the footage is incredible. Like I said, I've never been to Lord Howe Island. And, and you're right, it, it does, from my perspective, look like something out of Jurassic Park. It's it's almost bizarre, a beautiful location. But tsunami warning aside, was it reasonably good conditions? Yeah, look, it, 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 it was reasonably good conditions for sure. We we did have four seasons in one day. We had the rain and the sun, the wind and perfect calm. I mean, swimming into the lagoon, you, you, it was just a, a mill pond and mm. that afternoon glow of the sun setting was very, very poignant and, and special as well. I had my whole family actually swim into the beach with me, which was a, a nice finish. But it was a funny moment, though, when we are coming around Gow, we had to swim across a reef. And Michael Bannister and Trev said, "Oh well, there's four minute sets with the waves. Waves are still coming in over the over the reef, breaking." And they said, "There's four minute sets, but they're standing up. They're not breaking, so we'll be fine." So, just but, but just you know, give it a little bit of a push along here to get across the reef. Anyway, we're swimming across the reef, and then sure enough, I'm, I'm looking at this set coming in. I'm going, "That's not just going to stand up. That's breaking." And then <laughs> my, my, my son was on the paddle, and he just gunned it. And I saw him. Did a great effort getting through, and then Bano was in front of me, and he punched her on his on his paddleboard, and I was just looking at it. Yeah, I got no chance. And just sort of <laughs> got belted belted across belted across the reef. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so Trevor goes, but you got the only set of the day, of course. But <laughs> you, you got through it, so you swam into the the beach, and yeah, yeah, swam swam into the beach and walked up and was handed a uh, cold beer by <laughs> Jack's brother Malcolm and. <laughs> so nice way to wear the swim with the cold one in your hand. And, and how long did it take you? So 30 kilometres, how long did it take you? 12 and a half hours, that one. And, yeah, yeah, and look, in all seriousness, you actually looked in pretty good nick, really, like uh, in based on the footage I've seen. Like you didn't crawl up the beach and, you know, looked okay. I didn't, didn't bust the gut getting getting around it. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I, felt, I, felt, I actually felt really good at the end of it. And I'm, I'm lucky in that many respects. I don't think there's a swim that, you know, other than Catalina, I was crook, but I'm often the last one standing at the end of the night after the celebration. So, yeah, wow. On. It, look, honestly, it is an incredible achievement, and it, but it is obviously one more on your incredible list of achievements. But obviously, to tie it in with raising funds to the Adrift Lab just makes it all that uh, more special. And so, you mentioned you've raised a whole bunch of cash already. Are people still able to donate to this cause? Yes, yes, Brad. It's with the hashtag Day of Thirty, yeah. and that brings up the relevant links or the Adrift Lab yeah. uh, website, so uh, people can still donate. Yeah, we'll include a link to that that site on our show notes. So if people are keen to uh, throw some uh, cash to uh, Adrift Lab after hearing this incredible story, uh, feel free to do so. If, you, if you're keen to know more about Adrift Lab, obviously on the same link, there's a whole bunch of information around what they do and the research that they do. But like, long story short, it is incredible work that the Adrift team do. So it certainly is a, as a worthy cause. I guess we need to sort of end this conversation. I reckon there's a podcast series and all these these swims that you've done, and obviously we've had to sort of charge through them in the interest of trying to keep it to a sort of a, a, a short short chat. But I'm just I'm just trying to think what what's next for you? Like what's the next crazy misadventure for Linton uh, Mortensen? Well, there's there's always something, and they're, they're often just sort of last minute and go, "Yep, I'm going to do that." I mean, I've got a lot of swims out there in my head, and it's just for the opportunity presents. So, uh, this one, this one, I've always wanted to do from uh, uh, down Snapper, probably, or further south, and then up to Stradbroke Island. Because that's the thing; like you swam in so many different areas around the world, but obviously, you're sort of 
I guess your home swim is around sort of Corumban, you know, Snapper Rocks. So that- yeah, so, so Snapper Rocks are sort of quite a world-famous surf mm. break where they part of the, the championships there and swimming out there uh, up to uh, Corumban. It's probably been a bit, bit sharkier this year than uh, ever before. It was interesting, I don't know, with sort of time with COVID and you know, mm. less boats in the water, less fishing, but there's certainly more of the bigger fish around than, than was the case. Yeah, I actually had a really interesting chat around uh, with a, a Lucille Chapuy, I think, uh, about uh, the impact of and sound on soundscapes on uh, uh, sharks, uh, uh, amongst other sort of marine wildlife. And she sort of uh, explained some of the rationale behind potentially more shark sightings on our coast. So obviously, you've done all these crazy swims and, and raised some, you know, really good money for you know several fantastic causes. Have you got any sort of pearls of wisdom for any of the listeners out there that that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, in all these swims, I've—I uh, think it's just the uh, never give up, just never ever give up, and the old keep swimming until you run out of water <laughs> attitude. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it's it it, it is uh, it is a mindset, uh, and and sometimes I mean you you know there from your your, your uh, athletic mm. career, sometimes you're in a deep dark black mm. place, and you think, well, uh, uh, you just know you make that decision mm. that you're going to get out of it and you just keep going and it does improve. And I think some of the charities, I've, I've, I've been fortunate, as I say, with the children. There's uh, two young lads who um, lost their lives to the big sea and one of the mums said, well, every time you're out there on a swim, Linton, you've got two little angels sitting mm. on your shoulder. And so um, I always think of how lucky it is to be out there. And then just, you know, out of, out of adversity, opportunity presents. Uh, I mean, I got into the swimming because I, I – Pull my bicep tendon tore mm. off the bone, and had to get it reattached. And that took about twelve months of rehab, sort of. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you're swimming around <laughs> islands and channels. So. <laughs> but it's just, just uh, yeah. If you if you out there, it's just uh, having that determination and uh, never give up uh, attitude. And you mentioned the, uh, the the two kids. So that obviously previously you raised money for the, the Children's Hospital Foundation to help hospitalise uh, children need and, and their families. So, so I think previously you've raised a stack of cash for, for that cause as well. Am I right in saying about $70,000? Yeah, yeah, for, for yeah. that one. Man, that's, that's, that's so cool. That is so impressive, really. Very, very, very special to be part of that one as well. Privileged to do it for them. And obviously, so you've seen a firsthand, I guess, the plight of uh, the flesh-footed shearwater on uh, Lord Howe Island. So, and obviously, it's it is uh, at significant. Uh, you know, it's it's the plastic pollution issue is a is a crisis. But how has sort of I guess this experience sort of changed the way you feel about I guess the plastic pollution problem, and I guess particularly the plight of the uh, shearwater on Lord Howe. Certainly more engaged uh, and uh, have a better understanding than what, what knowing what the problem is. I mean, before you say, "Oh, okay, this plastic issue," but now seeing the depth. Uh, I mean, w- w- what do they say? You've got more uh, plastic in the ocean than stars in the Milky Way. Mm, mm, yeah, uh, a terrible statistic. Or by what was it by twenty fifty? There's going to be more plastic in the ocean than uh, fish vegetation. Mm, yeah, more plastic in the ocean by weight than fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100% of the turtles worldwide affected, mm. you know. Uh, and then, you know, the, the great work you do with stormwater runoff as well, uh, uh, that kind of opened up my eyes as well. I mean, you drive down the Pacific motorway mm. from Brisbane to the Gold Coast, you know, all my life, never even noticed, but you start looking at it and you just see all the, the plastics and the rubbish just uh, pouring into the 
waterway. So certainly a greater awareness and, mm. and, and changing lifestyle in our own family and then I know others that are getting on board as well. So apart from the donations that uh, we were talking about before, I think if people can't even donate to, to look at uh, how they manage their own environment at home and how they can help improve it. I mean, I think there's 30 million toothbrushes we use every year in Australia. Mm, mm. So many of those actual toothbrushes find themselves in the stomachs of uh, marine life. So, you know, get on to bamboo toothbrushes as a start. It's just everyone mm. taking some step and some change and uh, it, it'll hopefully snowball. And that's the thing I, I find, like, the plastic pollution crisis is, is scary and it's uh, in many ways depressing and sort of overwhelming, but I think it's also uh, the solutions are ready to rock and roll uh, and I think the actions of, of a small number of motivated individuals can make significant change and actually, that, to be honest, that's the only way change has ever actually occurred across the planet in history. So whilst the plastic pollution problem is a, is a big, scary problem, it's one we can readily solve. And I've got every confidence that we actually will solve it. Yeah, 100%. And it's a nice more part due to the actions of a whole bunch of motivated individuals, including some crazy lawyers who swim around Lord Howe Island uh, for, uh, for, for, for fun. So in that respect, on behalf of the uh, flesh-footed uh, shearwater, and uh, and I'm sure a drift lab wouldn't mind me saying, on behalf of those cool cats, Thank you so much for all your efforts, uh, Linton. You, you've done an amazing job in raising awareness but also funds for this great cause. And to that, I think you've, you're an absolute superstar. Uh, and then you just you look at the uh, the previous swimming achievements and the money you've raised for other causes. It's, you know, you're a dead set legend. It's an absolute privilege to have you on our uh, podcast as a guest, but uh, uh, so excited to to hear that you're an avid listener and you get uh, a little bit of motivation out of listening to our little Ocean Protect podcast. So, yeah, in that regards, that, that certainly puts uh, wind in my sails, put it that way. Well, th- thanks for having us, uh, Brad, and uh, congratulations on the amazing job that uh, you and your team uh, do. And and as you say, all the uh, incredible um, scientists that you've had on and the efforts that they're making to bring about change. And I think when I first started listening to you, podcasts, you know, you, you, you're really pushing the government to bring oh, about yeah. change and yeah. uh, it seems to be slowly happening though. I mean, yeah. you know, getting rid of the single-use plastics, which is uh, fantastic yeah. in some states and making it mandatory and the, the the national plastic plan that the, the federal government uh, yeah. has, has put out recently. So uh, they're, they're, they're hearing. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just us in this space, in the advocacy space and driving change. There's a whole bunch of uh, scientists, uh, policymakers, uh, activists, et cetera, and we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. And like you said, I think politicians are definitely listening. We are seeing a progressive ban of single-use plastics across Australia, and we're also seeing a whole bunch of other countries sort of take significant action uh, from Canada to Indonesia and uh, throughout the rest of the planet. So I'm, I'm really optimistic that whilst, again, whilst that plastic pollution problem is a big one, it's actually one that we actually are uh, actively solving right now, and I'm, and I'm anticipating it'll just get better and better uh, as time goes on. But it, it, we can't rest on our laurels. We just have to keep our essentially foot on the uh, accelerator and just keep driving change. And we've got to clean up our own backyard here too, uh, Brad, with the Brisbane River and uh, Morton Bay. 100%. Like you said, just keep swimming until we run out of water. So let's just keep swimming. <laughs> Thanks so much, Linton. It's been a great chat. <laughs> yeah, great chat. Enjoy it. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. 
If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.